Hey everybody, the con artist here. It's just Scott and I this time, and we're here to talk to you about that promise podcast all about Darling in the Franks. Uh, this is just going to be awesome and exciting, and we really don't like this show, so yeah. we're going to warn you right now, if you like this show a whole, whole lot, you might want to uh, not listen to this cast at all. I mean, unless you like flaming people on the internet. In that case, like, I guess you could yell at us in the comments. Yeah, you could do that. Or if you just want a good laugh and, and, and want to hear all about why we hate this show, that's that's fine too. Okay, so let's just clear through the good stuff really quick, Scott. Uh, It'll the be action, super short. The action sequences were kind of good sometimes, most I mean, of the time. I can agree with that. Like, Trigger makes a good-looking show. I will give them that. Yes. So the, the show looked good majority of the time. The action sequences looked pretty good. Okay, we're done with that. So on to everything uh, yeah, else. Yeah, I, I got nothing else here. I'm, I'm good. Yep, on to everything else that was just absolutely terrible. Um, okay, so let's let's start with like all the sexy because I think that yeah. was that was a lot of what I had in mind. So just really quick aside, the the show gives you this like the giver type of society. Like these children are grown in a special place called the garden, and they're not really allowed to have emotions or sexuality or feelings or any of that stuff. It's very like Lois Lowry esque, and um. My biggest pet peeve very early on was just how much this show doesn't adhere to its own rules ever, basically, unless it feels like it. It just breaks these these rules as needed. So the kids really just have no concept of like emotional emotions, emotional attachment, sex, sexuality, like any of that stuff. They don't understand how reproduction works. Like none of these things are are privy to them. And the show just tosses that out a whole bunch. I think that the best is the beach episode. First of all, how do they even have a beach? How I do think they even you have were a beach. How do they even have a beach? Um, they do. It's a fake one, I guess. So they they go to this beach and they're they're just sitting around and all the girls are in bathing suits and suddenly all the boys think they're hot. And you're like, No, you can't think they're hot. You like, don't know what hot means. You like, literally have no idea what this concept is. You you can't possibly feel sexuality towards them. That doesn't make any sense. Why? And I got really angry at this because it was just the show like tossing things around as as it wanted to. My other biggest pet peeve with this one was the magic baby making book is what I called it. <laughs> the magic baby making book. Good work, Kokoro. Yeah, so Kokoro finds this this book in some ruins of an old city and Scott, this is like the magic book on how to make children. It just periodically throughout the show teaches her everything you'd ever need to know about making babies. And I don't understand that. You know, no, it looks like it should be like a My First Parenthood yeah, th book. Yeah, this looks like the book has the rough size and shape of like Pet the Bunny. Yes. Right, but like apparently it's a complete manual. Yes, it's a complete manual on, on everything you would ever need to like have a child and raise a child. And also and raise it, right. Like it's, yeah. it's the whole thing. Right. It's, it's just bad. But at least the beach episode gives us like the best one-liner, I think, from, from Darling in the Franks. I think this oh, was... This oh. Yes, yes, it was so good. So at one point, Goro is is there. Basically, uh, Hiro and Zero Two, two of the the lead characters, have shared a kiss, and the rest of the uh, boys are really curious of what a kiss is. They're like, Hiro, what's a kiss? And he's like, Well, I don't really know how to describe it, but it felt nice, and it was kind of like. So this part was actually kind of accurate. They were all curious what the heck it was and not really understanding what it was supposed to mean, like, sensually. Um, but then Goro, who's, like, everybody's big brother, comes over and he's like, oh, yeah, I want to know what the kiss is. And they're like, you want to know? And he's like, oh, yeah, even I'm a man. <laughs> I was Hi. like, why, why do you have that line? Like you, yeah, you're not allowed to use that line. Like... This is the line, if you're watching an anime where there's like a, you know, like a horny teenage boy and he's got his porn stash under the bed and someone finds it and they're like, oh, you can't have this. He's like, even I'm a man. Yes. It's supposed to be like, even I have, you know, desires I need to fulfill. Goro, this, that you can't do that. That is a line that has no meaning to you or anyone. Correct. No, you just, you can't, you can't at all do that. It's awful. And I think it was the same thing with like, uh, like, you know, th that episode where the, they get attacked by the Klaxosaur whose only effect is making girls' clothes disintegrate. 
There, it has an acid that it spews, which literally doesn't damage the mechs at all. Goes clean through the mech, only falls onto the girls' outfits and dissolves them. And the boys are staring at the girls and they're like, oh my gosh, so incredibly hot. And I'm like, you should have no interest in this whatsoever. You were all, like, grown in a facility together. You had to have, like, taken baths in groups. Like, there is no possible way you should understand what this means to see someone of the opposite gender naked and understand the sexual implications of that. No. Absolutely but like, no. they do, and they're like, I like what I'm seeing. And the girls are like, we hate you. It's yes, like, really? the girls We're gonna are like, do this? Ugh. Yeah, and they have an entire episode devoted to the battle of the sexes, because that's a thing. Uh, Holy wow! So yeah, that was that was awful on so many levels. They just can't. They just can't. They just can't keep it consistent. I guess exactly. Right. They can't keep it consistent at all. And just to like keep on the the theme of of sex and sexuality, the robots are hypersexual. Like there's there's no way around this. Okay, the uh, the girls are in this position where they're like propped up, almost downward dog style, like the yoga pose. Uh, and the boys are just sitting in a seat where they're facing them. So they're, they're very clearly in, like, the anal sex position. And you're you're like, all right, that's already creepy and unnerving. But couple that to the weird dialogue the show chooses to use at random points in time. They'll be fighting the Klaxosaur and lead character Hiro will be like, wow, I'm using my lance to go deeper and deeper into it. And you're like, stop that. Just, just stop stop that on so many levels no and then he'll be like oh i'm getting so you know so deep into your mind it's like we're melding into one and you're like must we yeah do we gotta must- do we do we really <laughs> have to have the melding so i thought you were gonna go with like the uh like the 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 suit that the uh the, the females are wearing also has convenient like butt handles oh yeah that sort that, of fold you're, you're up. so right yeah, yeah and they like connect up into the computer and i'm like can you can you not can you not do that? <laughs> is no. It, is it truly necessary, Dr. Franks? And Dr. Franks is like, hmm, I'm a pervert. Like, oh, okay. Well, that that explains <laughs> yeah, exactly. it then. He's like, ah, oh, this is uh, part of how the Franks works. <laughs> You're like, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, okay, Dr. Franks. <laughs> Your blueprints have, like, pervert written all over them. Yeah, which yeah, is pretty much the story of that character anyway. So, yeah, the the show, I think, the way I described it to you once was the show wanted to use sex. And I mean, it's not a new thing, I think, for Mecca and sex to sort of be equated. But it's just so disappointing how they took that concept and, like, added zero maturity to it whatsoever. <laughs> like, they didn't even really try. There were, It was that Blu-ray moment, like, where they thought they were going to sell you on the idea of what? Like, kids in these weird positions? I think you had brought up at one point, the show was never going to take it to the level where it would matter. It's like Drakengard oh, yeah. 3 or whatever. It was like, neither, none of these characters are ever actually going to, like, have sex on screen. You're never going to take it there. Or even close. Like, it won't even be implied, like, as much as, of all things, like, Kare Kano. You're like, you're not even going to get as much as Kare Kano showed anything. Like, you know, they didn't, but they obviously implied what was going on. You're like, you're not even going to take it to that level, are you? Like, you're just going to have these characters innuendo at each other for several episodes. Yes, yes. Now, eventually we do have, like, the the sex is implied, I should say. But, like, that that occurs so much later when we've thrown away the mech plot that it, it's so <laughs> irrelevant anyway. So in the beginning, they're just trying to hook you with, like, bad innuendo. Oi, oi, oi. So, just a tragedy. Um, all of that was dumb, and the fact that they never adhered to it 100% either way was was really stupid. Yeah, we don't um, know what kissing is, but also I am, a, you, know, you know, I'm still a man. Like you can't Yeah, I'm still a man, and seeing my partner naked is totally a turn-on. You're like, you know what none of these things are. This is so beyond disappointing. Holy wow. All right, so... I think this gets us pretty well into the narrative. I had such problems mm. with this narrative uh, and the characters. I think the narrative so. itself had a lot of problems, so I think oh, we're good yes. there. <laughs> yes, this is going to be easy. Like, starting right from the top, like, what kind of show does this show even want to be? Like, just broadly speaking, you're like, oh, yeah, it's going to be a mecha show. We're going to get some mechas. And it's like, no, well, we, we tossed that out after, like, 10 episodes. Well, is it all personal drama? I mean, it could be, like, you know, the Ichigo backstab story. And uh, now we actually kind of worked that out in a couple episodes. Is it like romance between the main characters? Well, they're so boring that I hope not. Is it going to be like mega scale sci-fi? 
well, only right at the end, so screw you. Like, it, they had no idea what they wanted this plot to be. So, like, literally the mecha tr plot gets dropped. I think it was, like, 10 or 11 episodes in. They just hard drop it, and then the kids go live in this house <laughs> yeah. by themselves with no supervision, and it felt like we were watching an episode of, like, Big Brother or something, or, like, Jersey Shore. actually Shaw. pretty much what was happening. Hachi and Nana are like, eh, let's keep watching these kids. Dr. Franks gave us orders not to interfere, so I guess we'll send them food every once in a while. Yeah, they get these packages of food, and they're left to themselves, and they start to learn to cook, they start to learn to do laundry, and then Kokoro has been reading the magic baby-making book, and she is, like, hell-bent now. She's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a baby, and I'm gonna make it with Mitsuru, who I have had, like, minimal screen time with, so, you know, clearly <laughs> so we're an item. Yeah, clearly we're an item, and he's already kind of damaged, so he'll, he'll come to me quick, it'll be good. So that that happens and you're like, why why is this why is it like this? And I, I think we're gonna have to step back just to touch into the characters because this this ties in nicely. So you've got Hero and Zero Two, who the show, you know, really slams you with hard in the beginning, right? Like Right, like Zero Two is just sort of like like this attack parasite, like latch on to Hero and love him so much. Yes, yes. She's like, Oh my darling, always in English. Uh I will follow you anywhere and, like, sit in your lap and try and feed you honey at breakfast sexually. And you're like, okay, all right. So they're, they're supposed to be the couple, I guess, you're trying to get behind. Um, you've got all these different pairings uh, inside the mechs. So inside the Franks, you need a male and a female. And the um, each pair has some sort of, like, dysfunctionality that you were waiting to see play out you know you've got like Ichigo and Goro who are like big brother big sister but Ichigo like eternally holds a candle for Hiro so you were sort of waiting for that pairing to break down a little bit due to like jealousy you have another pairing which I thought of a lot like brother and sister they were I call them the passion pairing they're always trying to beat out Ichigo and Goro they're like we're gonna be the best and I was like yeah these two are gonna have like a mental breakdown at some point because they can't be the best um their pairing isn't strong enough or whatever. And then you had like Kokoro and Futoshi and Futoshi's the token fat guy. So you were like, I didn't really know where they were going to go with well, that. Like they seemed the most together at the beginning. Yeah, they really did. Like they seemed to get along just fine. And you're like, oh, okay, that's nice. And then you have Ikuno and Mitsuru. And Mitsuru is like ice king and Ikuno is like ice queen. And they are the worst pairing. And you end up discovering a little later that Ikuno is homosexual. And they hint very hard at the fact that Mitsuru might also be either homosexual or bisexual. And you're like, I'm waiting for all these pairs to like break down and snap and switch and do things like that. No, there's like a singular switch at one point where like Franks and company are like, let's switch partners maybe. Who wants to do that? And Kokoro's like, yeah, I want to switch over to Mitsuru. Fotoshi spends the rest of the, of the show crying. Yeah, he does. He's just like, yeah, we guess, Kokoro, why don't you love me? Maybe if I don't eat so much. And I'm like, Japan, are you like fat shaming? What's going on right now? <laughs> Japan hates you because you're fat, just so you know. Um, so that was dumb. Well, don't like, worry, so Japan also hates dumb. Ikuno because she's gay. So like, It's true! It's true. So... Holy wow. Yeah, this was bad. So I'll touch on both of these items just very quick so that we can go back to why the narrative is a complete disaster. Um, so Ichigo eternally holds a flame for Hiro. And at one point, um, he, you know, he's very clearly in love with Zero Two now. And she like aggressively goes after him like they're separated. Um, Zero Two and Hiro are separated. And he's like, I have to go after Zero Two. And she comes out, she kisses him and she's like, no, I have eyes and eyes for you alone. And you're the only one I could ever want. And poor Goro is in the background. This poor guy's in love with her. And you're like, oh, oh, the drama. Goro, oh. Poor guy. And then the fan base. So it's so a real thing. The fan base outside actually went berserk on like Twitter, all sorts of social media. They actually sent death threats to the studio and were like, that's it. Ichigo is the worst character ever. They, they came up with a slogan. <laughs> Bichigo, and they're like, it's 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 done now. We are so over this character. Death to her, death to your studio. And in a matter of an episode, 
Trigger and A1 Pictures were like, oh my gosh, we're so sorry. And they just like resolve that plot. They're like, boom, everything's everything's fine. Everything's like, fine. Ichigo like accepts Zero Two back into the group and is like, oh, I accept your romance, even though like I totally like almost sexually assaulted Hero in the last episode. Everything's fine. It's good. And so they threw that plot out very rapidly. And then you've got uh, Ikuno, who's the ultimate tragedy. Um, it's it's very heavily hinted. It's dragged really well, you know, that Ikuno is in fact homosexual. And when she finally reveals it to Ichigo, it's this like heartbreaking moment where she's like, I don't even really belong in society. It's not even about piloting the Franks, right? It's about, I don't know how I'm supposed to function in this society because there's there's a sequence where she tries to pilot the mech with Ichigo and it's established you cannot have female female or male male pairings and so it's like a metaphor for society like she doesn't understand where to go and how to be accepted and it's this really like heartfelt right because like you know these kids have no value to like their big brother society except as mech pilots so right so if she can't do this and and as far as you know by that point these kids are getting like fridge they're getting killed off somewhere yeah like what's her name in the first episodes like i can't pilot they're like well guess we'll put you on this thing and send you into the desert yeah naomi they put her on a ship and away she goes and you're like oh she's gonna die Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yep that that girl's dead somewhere so you're like oh you know she's there's a really heartfelt plea and it's a beautiful sequence and ichigo just goes um that's nice. You remind me of me when I was pining for Hero. There, there. It'll be okay. Okay, now that we're through that, you accept yourself, right? Like, literally nothing comes yeah, and, of this. And, and like, Ikido's basically like, well, think no more of it. I guess I'll just repress that aspect of myself forever. Yes. And then she does. And it's like, yeah, it's healthy for everyone. Yes. She, they're just like, away with you, homosexual character. We will have none of your crap. And you're like, oh, okay, that's great. Uh-huh. And Mitsuru's plot is nonsense. They just immediately throw all that out. And the minute he, I guess, he sees, like, Kokoro naked, he's like, oh, yeah, totally, uh, totally good to go now. <laughs> I guess I'll just make babies. <laughs> Forget that whole thing with Hiro. It's fine. It's yeah, great. that one, it's, 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 it's over. Don't worry about it. Yeah, it's over. They told me my time to pine for him is done now. All right, so I think, I think we've really covered that these characters are terrible. They never really get any sort of... No like, one ever gets development. like A personality? No, yeah. they really don't. Like, the only people that go anywhere are Zero Two and Hero, who are boring, yeah. and, like, Kokoro and Mitsuru, who are, like, they're almost interesting, and then their memory gets wiped and they're boring for the rest of the show. And then the show ends. Like, it's one, it's one of the few instances in any anime I can think of where, like, having their memories wiped stays that way forever. Like... Which I'll, I'll give them some credit for that. Like, the power of their love or whatever does not overcome memory wipe. So instead, they're just like, I don't remember why this person is a person that you all say I loved. Like, Yeah. I think eventually when they start saying each other's names instead oh, of Oh, yeah, they numbers, are sort of getting a thing. But... Yeah, they get, like, a vibe. But you are correct. It wipes out, like, that whole sequence forever. And you're like, okay. Actually, right. let's talk about that for a minute. So, like, these two characters are going to get married, all right? So they're like, the, oh, the Magical yes. Baby Making book also has instructions on, on, like, Christian weddings for some reason. Yes, it does. And they're like, we're going to get a Christian wedding, and, like, that means we'll be together forever or whatever. And so having this wedding, and, like, meanwhile, Big Brother is like, oh, my God, red alert, like, grade A, send the SWAT to you. Okay, suit up all the dudes, get all the guns, and go stop them from getting a, a marriage. And... You're like, oh, like this is a what some kind of big threat to their society or whatever. But like once you get the full scope of the plot, like it would not have mattered in the least if they had a kid or they were in love. Like it is like the power of human love is not the weakness of the aliens. No. I don't know why anyone ever cared about stopping them. Like, do they just hate joy? Like, I don't get it. You know what the best part is, is that prior to the marriage sequence, they've already slept together. So, like, no one stopped them from the baby-making process, right? No one was like, red alert, these two, like, look like they have the hots for each other. I mean, you can see them everywhere, right? You got the cameras, and at one point, like, Kokoro's trying to, like, undress Mitsuru in the garden. And you weren't like, red alert, that's probably not good. She knows something she shouldn't. Get her now. They wait till that whole sequence is done, and then they're like, oh no, they're <laughs> Christian ceremony. That's the ticket. Yeah, Get that's them, boys. That's when we have to stop them. You're like, yeah. but why? Why? <laughs> what, what is happening? And they're like, this is so bad. Quick, wipe their memory. Don't let them know anything. And you're like, uh, all right. 
<laughs> I don't understand why this matters. Please. It definitely did not matter at any point. So like, I no. think they just wanted to do like, it was dramatic scene, but it didn't make any sense, which I think is like kind of a lot of the other stuff going in this show. Like, why were we worried about this thing? Like actually the whole, the whole plot with Verms, like episode 19, the big bad aliens show up and they're like, Hey, we've been here all along. Like we're going to, we're going to force everyone to feel happy forever. We're the worst. Yeah. And I think Scott and I have to stress this plot for realsies comes out of nowhere. The plot is going along and and this whole time you think it's like, okay, well, it's these kids breaking out of the giver sterile society. Okay. Well, it's maybe it's the fact that Hiro later on, Hiro starts growing horns. Like zero two is some sort of, like a half Klaxosaur something. Half Klaxosaur, right. The aliens, they're fighting. You're like, oh my goodness, like she's half Klaxosaur. So now he starts to sort of morph into a Klaxosaur. And you're like, oh dear, like, is, is this a thing? And then Can their learn, love survive? Oh my gosh. Like, will their love end tragically like that stupid picture book? <laughs> and so <laughs> you're wondering this whole time. You're like, okay, maybe, like Scott said, it's, it's their tragic romance, like Romeo and Juliet. No, 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 no. It's surprise aliens a la what, Scott? <laughs> Gurren Lagan? I want to say like, like, yeah, like the expansion in scope is something similar to Gurren Lagan or like the, the the size of the foe they're facing is like gunbusters. So it's like they're stealing from like better Gynax properties. Yeah, undeniably. Uh, there was another sequence I laughed so hard. Dr. Franks was describing like how the Franks... Uh, were built in order to deal with the Klaxosaurs popping up in different areas. And I kid you not, it was because Alex and I had rewatched Pacific Rim, they literally rip off the opener to Pacific Rim. They're like, they're appearing in all these cities like Shanghai and Sydney and this area. And you're like, that's literally the beginning of Pacific of, Rim. Of Pacific Rim, like a hundred percent. Yeah, the kaiju are appearing here. And so we built these mechs and I'm like, oh, okay. So we, all right, fine. I guess we ripped off Pacific Rim. Why not at this But then stage? in order to test those mechs, we're going to have to have this prototype startup test. And then the robot goes berserk, just like Unit 00 from Evangelion. It bashes its head against the wall until its pilot is killed. And you're like, you can't, you're just stealing all the best stuff from all the other shows. Mm-hmm. And then like last episode, it's like, have our robot appear using the gunbuster pose. And you're like, fine, you're just stealing all the stuff. I guess you're just going to take all the Gynax stuff and some Pacific Rim and just steal it. Yeah, that's fine. Sure. Great. It it was embarrassing, I think, how this show was constantly just flipping around what it was doing and, and all that, that nonsense. Yeah, and the, and the key to, like, that those aliens coming out of nowhere, like, it's one of those things where, like, oh, we're, we're these evil aliens and we've been in charge or whatever and, like, now you got to come fight us. It's one of those, like, if they had put their plan into action at any point previous to just now, they would have totally won. No one would have been able to stop them. Only, like, right now... Does anyone on Earth have the ability to even hurt them? It's like, this plot twist is so bad that, like, I think it exists only for its own sake. Yes. Because if anyone was, if anyone was like, you know, actually trying to plot this way, they would have just won so long ago, the show wouldn't have even happened. Precisely. It's, it's so stupid. You know, I, I literally, I think I texted you and I was just like, is this even happening? And you were like, <laughs> I think it is. And it's, that's when you told me it ripped off Gurren Lagan, And I was like, oh, okay. But I'm sure Gurren Lagan like did it way better. Cause... Oh, yes. Yeah. Gurren Lagan did it with style. This, this yeah. show does not have that. Yeah, this show has zero style whatsoever. All right. I think we've talked a whole lot about why like the plot is bad and these characters are awful. And I want to get into like lightning round plot holes and just. All the stuff that's bad. All right, some, some, some quick stuff we don't like. All right, what do I'm you got? So ex- I'm so excited. All right, um, let's start with the nines. Oh, my God. So, <laughs> all right, we need a little bit of backstory. So quick, um, the group, Hiro, Ikuno, all these characters we're talking about, they're in like a special group that has actually been left to do their own thing. Like, I think all other groups are very, very sterile. Their partners are picked for them. They pilot mechs that are all gray, have zero definition. These, This team is allowed to just, like, roam freely, speak to each other. All the boys interact with the girls. Their mechs have, like, colors that they grow up in, like, a, like, a, like, a dormitory half-school environment. Exactly. They live in, in, yeah, this, like, dorm environment. They get to have breakfast together. Like, they're, they're a test group because dr franks is of the belief that like adding that human element back in is what helps them become better pilots so later on you meet this group called the nines and they are like the super elite 
mech pilots and they actually pilot the Frank's robots in reverse. So the females are in the pilot seat and the males are in like that downward dog creepy position. This is awful for so many reasons. Um, just one, the plot implies, because what happens is the males who are sitting in that, that position end up growing horns like the Klaxosaurs, and they don't look good. Like, they start sweating a lot. They just look bad the more the mech is used. And I was like, are you implying something about, like, women being in a sexual dominant position? Like, are we getting philosophical with this? Don't even ask those questions. They're never answered. It never <laughs> matters. All the nines die at the end. But then there's this whole awful sequence where, like, Dr. Franks has made a clone of the Queen of the Klaxosaurs, and the Nines are also clones, so they don't like Zero Two because she's the perfect clone, and they're like, oh, we're like the not-so-good clones. And I was like, this is so it's, yeah. bad. It's like episode 22 or whatever. You can't try to give the nines personalities now. Yeah, all of a sudden they join forces with the kids and they're like, we just want to join too because, you know, the show's almost over. So we heard we should do a thing. <laughs> we heard we should die dramatically in a laser fight. And then yes. they did. And like, then they did. And they die and nothing matters and they have zero personality. They're just awful, awful like, characters. How about, the, how about the lady pilots? Yes. Okay. So I noticed this finally in the in the we should drive dramatically via laser fight. Uh, they actually showed all of the different nines inside their cockpits. Scott, every single female nine is identical. They're all this like gray. This girl in, in pure gray with silver hair, and that's it. They're all the same damn pilot. All the females are the same. So the male nines were the only ones that mattered, sort of, but not really. And the only ones we spent any them. budget on. Yeah, exactly. It's like, whoops, the lead character designer like took a vacation, so we just copied and pasted this other girl. My bad. <laughs> whoops. <laughs> we got nothing. We got nothing. So it was it was embarrassing and awful, and just another one of those, like, what does this mean? What are you trying to say? Like, same thing with the homosexuality I was talking about. Like, what are you trying to say about society? Are you trying to make a point? No, not even close. It's awful. If they ever were, like, they basically, they had the napkin that says we want this to happen, but they lost the napkin that said why, like, when they were writing down their ideas. Exactly, exactly. It was all just such a haphazard cyclone of garbage, you know, put into this blender that made no sense. Uh, so that was, that was amazing. Uh, I think, Scott, you and I talked about the aliens showing up. Like oh, yeah, episode stupid, 19, stupid, stupid surprise, drawing. the plot is so much bigger than you thought it was and so much dumber than you could ever imagine. <laughs> Hooray. Um, right. And like when that throws out so many other plot threads that like you thought were going to be big, like they're attacking the Grand Crevasse, which is like the, the Klaxosaur's main base or whatever. And they, they yeah. break it open. They're like, yeah, we did the thing. And like this enormous like Klaxosaur hand comes out of the Grand Kavas and just crushes a plantation, which is basically like a mobile city. I mean, the things are big and this hand is so much bigger. And they're all like, you know, you're like, dun, dun, dun. Uh-oh, cut to credits. That never comes back. Not, not no. even once. No, not there's, even there's, close. Like the, there's only one thing that's that size, like the super duper like Strelitzia unicorn thing. And it definitely does not have giant hands and it doesn't like transform or no. anything. Like I have no idea where that giant hand came from or where it went. It was like there for one scene. You know, I think they watched Symphogear season two. Do you remember my presentation? That big laser hand comes up, snatches the moon, and yanks it further down. And they're like, oh, yeah. We gotta so have us like, a laser quick. hand. We need that. We need that. <laughs> Let's go. And yeah, it never, it's definitely an Overman can gainer moment. Oh, definitely. Like, whoops, we wrote, we wrote ourselves out of plot. Uh, which actually is similar to, like, another one of my favorite plot holes. Uh, right after that, they get in Super Duper Strelitzia, and it's like the bad guys have shown up and they took the super spear and they're like, ha ha ha, humans, like, you can't stop us. We'll be out in space, bye. And like, they leave. And so like, Strelitzia is getting ready to take off along with all these escort ships and Hero and Zero Two are in the cockpit. They've been saved by the Klaxosaur princess. And then like, cut to credits. The next episode opens, Hero and Zero Two are on Earth somehow. Like, how did they get out of the mech that was about to take off into space? Like, because the mech's already, like, long gone by the time the next episode opens. Like, it's out in deep space. How did they get out of it? Like, the whole thing sets up this thing where Hero's like, oh, Zero Two's mind is in space. I have to get back there. Like, well, maybe if he didn't jump out somewhere in the interim, we wouldn't have had to do this whole pining for her thing. Like, you're just making these decisions fit the narrative you want without them making any sense. 
Right, and since all these characters have zero personality anyway, trying to make us care about their romance plot was not where you should have wasted your budget at that point. Actually, speak, speaking of which, again, like, so, like, Zero Two and Hero, they've got the relationship. Like, Zero Two starts off, like, yeah, all lovey-dovey, gonna grab onto this kid or whatever. As their relationship deepens over the course of the show, she just, like, gets really boring. Like, by the yeah. end, she's just... I was practically expecting her to be conducting tea ceremonies. Like, by it the was, end of the show. It was embarrassing towards the end. I mean, she almost gets... I don't want to say, like, borderline submissive, but at a certain point, like, she goes all Klaxosaur monstery on the group at one point. And so they isolate her from Hiro and Ichigo's a big proponent of this. She's like, you absolutely can't come near Hiro cause you are crazy. And every time he pilots with you, he's getting sick. Like get out of here. You're nuts. And she's just sitting there like chewing on her nails and pining for Hiro in her room and like beauty and the beast style clawing at the <laughs> walls and breaking mirrors. And she's like, they, they don't accept me anymore. And I'm like, listen, Zero Two from Ep One would have like thrashed the joint, okay? Right, that this is part where like, like she's trying to get out, and like Ichigo stands in Zero Two's way, and she's like, "You can't go see Hero. Like, just walk by her. Like, yeah. you're a hundred times stronger or more agile than she is. Like, yeah. you've proven this dozens of times. You do all kinds of crazy forward and backflips and all kinds of other nonsense. Like, yeah, all in the early episodes, Spider-Man over her. Like, done." But instead, like, her spark is just gone by the end. And you're like, well, I mean, why? I don't know. It's... I have uh... to change into a demure, perfect Japanese ideal of womanhood. Yes. Do you? Do yeah. you? Yeah, she's like, quick, I need to... Where's my kimono? I must flower arrange now. I, I must flower arrange. So that was that was awful. Just awful. So real quick, let's get to Hachi and Nana. Hachi <laughs> their and mag- Nana? Their managed magic space lunchbox. <laughs> Oh, they go out to space. They're like in the, with the Klaxosaur fleet. Like, oh, it's good that the Klaxosaurs let us come to space with them. And they get there, and their ship explodes in two seconds. Like, oh no, our ship is exploding. Let's go home. And, and then they, <laughs> they do. don't help at all. Right. Oh my gosh! And they then the best part no is so they're escaping. I think I called you because we were laughing our rear ends off. Like, so they float out in this little lunchbox-like ship, right? And they're just like, do like float across space. Floating across, yeah. And they have this like philosophical discussion. They're like, oh no, what's going to happen to those kids? I don't know. What are we going to do when we get back to Earth? And there's like lasers everywhere on the other side. And they're like floating in our magic lunchbox. We're just going home. And you're like, why would, no. Why did they come to space? Doing like, that. Right. Was it just so that like Hachi could get a wound? Like, a, like, and then Nana could be like, no, you can't die. Like, no one cares about your relationship, you two. You are the, like, it's hard to say you are more uninteresting than any, like, the, of the other relationships, but you somehow are. Yeah, like, exactly. Nana spent, like, what, 90% of the show in a closet with only, like, a toilet and a bench? Like, it looked like mini prison. Right. Like, she's like, you, you go live in this refrigerator for a while. And, like, Hachi will be, every once in a while, he'll be like, I wonder what happened to that girl. Hmm. And that's like that's like the core of their relationship. There's an amazing sequence, right, where, like, so Nana really Nana's like an adult, one of the adults, but she starts getting her memories back. I think she, she too was like trying to form a relationship at one point in time, and her memories start to come back, and they're like, mm, "Well, you're defective now. You're getting emotions as an adult. We're gonna have to put you in the icer." So they put her in that fridge. And then there's a sequence where Hachi's talking. There's so many episodes later. Hachi is talking to Dr. Franks. And Dr. Franks goes, how's Nana? And he goes, Nana's fine. She's with the children. Because they replace her with another Nana. And Dr. Franks goes, no, no. The other Nana. And Hachi goes, well... And Dr. Franks just goes, you know what? It doesn't matter. So <laughs> he literally <laughs> bypasses. Like, he has a line where he goes, this plot point doesn't matter. I don't even know why I asked about it. Forget. Forget about it. Forget about it. Like, I'm glad I reminded you of, your, of her a little bit. They're the new Adam and Eve by the end. Like, they are, are there to take care of all the children at the end and help them grow into normal human beings. Like, oh, it's like, so bad. Your, your arc is so pointless. I mean, not as pointless as replacement Nana's arc. Yes. Like, replacement oh Nana's my like, gosh. I am Ooh. a robot like Nana was. And they're like, replacement nana can we please have some like some medicine and she's like no i didn't get any orders about it go away kids and then like 
five minutes later, it's the end of the show. In the middle of a montage, she's like smiling and playing with kids. Like her whole arc is no, yes. Like that's yeah. it. Oh my gosh. Why are you like, even a character replacement, Nana? Go I think, away. Okay, so I think they wrote that scene and then the director came with the storyboard and was like, no, seriously, that's the last scene. There's only one other scene that I drew. And they're like, shoot, we already let that air. It's, no it's all notice. part of the blender. They think it's all in the smoothie now. It's fun. Oh my goodness, we've been saying the word fridge or icer so much. Let's talk about the kids in the fridge. Oh, goodness. All right, <laughs> we, like we, we mentioned the before slope, that like, surely bad. these kids are going to get turned into Soylent or shot or something when they fail. Yo, we had all sorts, between you and I, we were trying to theorize, right? We had all sorts of awful theories, like really dark stuff. Like, So all the people in the city, really quickly, these kids live on these plantations and they're cities that they never get to go out and visit. They're always stuck in like the their oh, area, yeah. their dorm and... And they're forced to be in the Franks pilots. And they're like, they, what, are, what is in the cities? So one fine day you get to go to the city and there's just these really creepy people who live in the city and they all have like white hair and they all, it looks like Brave New World, basically. They spend majority of their day in these like st stimmy-like machines that just like stimulate their mind. They don't have children. They don't have any emotions. Heaven only knows how they like fill their day. But their cities are made out of like glistening gold and they just walk around doing nothing and everything is provided for them. So we were like, okay, well, these, these people, these adults are clearly living forever by like letting these kids die and harvesting their organs. Yeah, or like you like... said, turning them into fertilizer to feed the rest of the population. We had all this like really dark, like rated R stuff. And then at the end of the show... Every kid is found in a magic refrigerator in the back of the plantation. They like open it up and they're like, OMG, all our friends. Right. Because Dr. Franks was like, hey, kids, here's a, I, I gave you a sticky note. It says, take care of these kids. And like that they found them like, oh, look at that. There were kids yeah. here. Hachi and Nana are like, oh, my goodness. All the lost children. What? <laughs> I definitely right, like, saw Naomi go off in a spaceship to another plantation in the desert. No. Yeah, because in like, you know, a blasted wasteland future Earth where every resource is precious and every single time they do almost anything like Klaxosaurs attack them, they got time to build this massive cutting edge like cryostasis facility for kids that are by definition useless. Yes, because the only point of the children is to pilot the Franks and if they don't make it, they would disappear out of that giver society. And the fact that, I mean, not that we're morbid people, but, like, plot-wise, that literally makes no sense. Like, what were you going to do with these fridged children? What was the purpose of any of this? It was almost like the show realized it couldn't get that dark or something. It was like, whoops, we we can't be made an abyss. We need to back mm. out now. We need to back out. Quick, just, uh, just put them all in a fridge and no one will ask questions. It really started hitting that point where they were like, our plot is so stupid. If we just do stuff, no one will ask. Right. Oh, you went like, are the kids sick or not? So the kids that are still ah, like awake, yes. like the ones that, so they have this thing, oh, their, their yellow blood cell count's getting too high and like they're splashed around in this river or something and like Zero Two notices that Miku's red hair has started to turn gray at its roots and she's like mm. she has this moment where she's like I'm worried for Miku yes and then yeah. nothing happens like are these kids gonna get sick or like do they have a at some point someone was like oh they have a fixed lifespan but then like do they because like Fotoshi's has this thing where like he can't keep food down or something and it's like oh is it his medical condition or is this some psychological thing now nah, we yelled at him real loud and now he can eat again so like I guess that wasn't it and then, like, the kids keep collapsing with fevers while they're working. You're like, oh, no, they're getting sick because it's the end of their lifespan or something. And it's like, nah, they just kind of kind of sleep it off and then go back to it. Like, by the end, only Ikuno was like, I'm going to die early, but I gave my life so that the rest of you could be cured from this phantom this, sickness. Yes. Oh, my gosh. If the show didn't hate Ikuno enough, there's a sequence where, like, she overexerts herself in the mech. And her hair goes pure white. Which kind is of a like, new thing that no one else does at no any point. No one else has ever experienced. And and she goes down and I was like, oh my gosh, now like after hating on her, they're going to kill her. And nope, nope. She just like ages exponentially and devotes the, her entire sad, repressed life to studying like the lifespan of all the other kids and helping extend it. And also like helping to create facilities for having children because they all start procreating naturally again. And it's, oh, it's just the worst. 
It's just the worst. Like, let's just restrict the gay over there to science her way to some stuff because we hate her character. Yeah, they're they're all like, ah, thank goodness her life had meaning. Yeah, thank goodness she has meaning because, you know, otherwise in society she's worthless. She ends up as, like, the first what I would call society's actual, like, physician. So there is that element, but uh, it's bad. It's it's so it's, it's not it's not good. Incredibly tragic. Um all right, so I have to touch on this one. We're going all back, right. but there's a woman that Zerome meets in the city in the episode, oh, the only yeah. episode we ever get to see the city and it's like hinted at cuz there's this really quick cut of like flashback scene where I think like she either was a prostitute or something. She's having sex with someone and it's like really rapid cutaway. And she keeps like she recognizes Zerome and spends Sorta, time with yeah. him. Well, you know, he ends up in her house and she just spends time with him. And like she has this sort of like longing look at him when he leaves, and you're like, oh my gosh, is she his biological mom? Is there some connection between them? Literally no one cares. Like, this is <laughs> never brought up again in the giant hand thing Scott mentioned. That just kills her. There's a sequence where she's staring out the window and you're like, oh yeah, that woman, boom. Like the whole city just gets smushed and she is never heard from again. In right, fact, like, the city like, is never heard from again. Yeah, what were you doing with this plot point? Like, there's this whole thing, because, like, Zerome was like, I really want to know more about becoming an adult. That's, like, his whole thing. Yes. And, like, he gets this one episode where he learns a little bit, and, like, he might have a connection to somebody. And then it's like, oh, well, actually, everyone's dead. Uh, and, like, very soon thereafter, the world of adults doesn't matter anyway. Yep, who cares? Who and he's cares? fine with it. He never has a moment where he's upset or is like, oh, my gosh, I didn't learn the secret. Or, like... How come I didn't get my moment to really understand? Well, I think that was the big one. Like the end of the show, everyone's doing their thing, and he's like, like Zeromi and Miko are like fighting or whatever. Like, so who was giving the the narration? Like Ichigo or something? I think Ichigo was giving. Yeah, the narration. Ichigo, I think, is talking over at the end because she like sends notes to Hiro. Like she's writing a diary to oh, Hiro, right, right. and she's like, like, "Some fine day, maybe when you read this and you're reincarnated, because that's how Japan thinks that works." Uh, you'll you'll come to know how we you know tried to survive without you, <laughs> right? Like, but like, why wasn't that like Zorame? Like, why wasn't he like finally we did it? We're adults. Like, my lifelong goal has been accomplished. But instead, he's just like, oh, that I forgot that was my only character motivation years ago. Like, don't forget worry about, about it. that. Forget about it. Like, what you can't. Uh... All right, it's good. It's like other Nana. Forget about it. Forget about it. It's beautiful. See, Did I have anything else? Oh, you know what else I had? Uh, Zero Two and Hero are in their super duper mech. They're oh, gonna yes. fight the. They're gonna go fight the big bad in their faraway space planet. Too Whoever bad it's really lives. far away, like really yeah, so far. Like, like seven hundred days of continuous space flight, roughly, before they get there. Like, meanwhile, you know, years have gone by on Earth, and they're growing up or whatever. And like Hero and Zero Two are sitting there, and their only reaction, almost at any point, is every single minute, I feel like I'm more deeply intertwined with you. Like, really. 700 days and it's just that you're getting closer and closer to each other all the time like what do you guys do all day like like day 200 you think he might want to stretch you know yeah because he doesn't sleep after a while he doesn't need sleep and his like metabolism is breaking down because he's like becoming full claxosaur by that point he's like merging with the ship and he's got the big horns and and you're like okay yeah you're you know, melding with this thing. Fine, whatever. You're becoming a machine. But yeah, you don't need to eat. You don't need to sleep. It's probably like, hey, Zero Two, you want to play like I Spy or something? <laughs> like, I'm yeah, really like bored. Day 300, uh, stars. Yeah, you win again because we're out of things to look at. Like, how do they deal with this? Just, yeah, like, it's it's terrible. They it's, just cut uh, in every couple hundred days. Like, yep, they're still doing fine somehow. Hope somebody brought like an Uno pack because I don't know what you're doing right? out there. It's so bad. Uh. Oh, last thing. Speaking of, I don't know what you're doing out there. Where the hell is Go- Zoro? Oh my gosh, Goro going at the end of the oh. show? Yeah, Goro's like, I'm gonna go be an adventurer, visit the other plantations, and see the stuff. It's like, I don't think there's anyone else out there, kid. Like the only reason this, like your little group of kids, was able to survive was because you had like magical dirt. That you can right. grow food in. No one else has magical dirt. There's no food. Like, we're talking it's been three years. No one's out there. Where are you going? Yeah, I think he goes to, like, find the other plantation survivors. And, like, every time they cut away to him coming back, he's never bringing anything back. He comes back. Well, he, just he, to, he's like, like, he's like, Izano, I found you a microscope. And it's like, well, that's nice. But, like, 
Was your journey just incredibly depressing and full of everyone being dead? Yeah, is that what it was? And, like, the second time he comes back is for when, like, he and Ichigo are having a baby and he comes back to be with her for her giving birth. And you're like, you still didn't find anyone. Can we go back to that part where you're not finding anyone? Where are you going? What are you doing? This is stupid. So, oh, man. The, sh- the the world building, the characters, the everything was so awful. And it all stemmed from that glorious one-winged bird metaphor, <gasps> which was so stupid. I genuinely kind of giggled a little bit. Ep- like, minute one of ep one, they're like, the, the whatever bird is one-winged. It needs an otherner bird with the opposite wing in order to become the two-headed, two-winged bird and fly into the sun. And I was like... Okay. <laughs> right, and then, then like side note, all the birds are dead. You're like, well, thank you for this metaphor. I'm glad it mattered. Yeah, like, oh no, all the birds have passed on now, but we live forever with that one-winged bird metaphor. Man, those birds were stupid. Glad they're gone now. Dar- right. I bet Darwin giggled at them too. Yeah, you want to talk about an endangered species that like isn't worth saving? The, the two-winged bird, like. Yeah. What do you do when you're not in love with another bird? Just sort of stumble around all day? Like Yeah, what do you do before you mate? Like hop around with the one wing? How does how does that species you know what? Well we'll just have to leave that alone because it's stupid. Hmm. So yes, I is. think uh Scott, if you got nothing else, in conclusion, I I I can't even imagine what you found good about this episode like this show. I mean, at all. It looked nice. It did look, it nice, look nice, but I don't know what else people have to really defend with it. It's that's just, true because like everyone's bad. like, ah, you it's know what? So bad. Like this zero two character, best girl of the season. You're like, I mean, for a bit maybe she was exciting, but like, did you watch the rest of the show? Mm-hmm. Are you sure you did? Because then she gets awful and uninteresting, unless... And she has a childhood promise, which, like, I can't stand <gasps> in anime. The childhood promise! You have to end with that really quick, because the show took oh. that and then, like, multiplied it by four. It was really right, good. Like, the, the, oh, I had a childhood promise with someone, and I can't remember it, because we were, like, three, is so prevalent in anime. It's, like, it's already one of my least favorite tropes of all time. And this one, it was like, oh, that times 11. Like... Oh, I'm the only why? person that could ever come to love Zero Two because I licked her blood this one time, and that means we're compatible. And everyone else would that she would fall in love with would die, and we don't remember it for reasons unless we do. Like it just it got so out of hand. Yeah, and it was a really dramatic moment, right? And then uh, Mitsuru actually stole Hiro's backstory because he <laughs> and Hiro had a childhood promise to pilot a Franks together. Surprise, kid. Society hates that. No, no, no male male piloting for you. It's fine. He sees Kokoro naked and that all just goes out the window. So it doesn't matter anyway. He's good. And Hero's like, oh, they did a thing to me. Like when I went for zero two, they wiped my memory too. Sorry, I don't remember, bro. Yeah, exactly. Convenient. So uh, I think, Scott, for me, it was so important to do this show because, A, I think it's atrocious. It's it's one of the few shows I just think is aggressively awful. Like, the longer you watched it, the more you realized they had no idea what they were doing Yeah, they never the really through. had a plan. Or, or maybe, like, it seems like they had the really big, broad strokes of the plan. Like, there's some kids, and then they beat the Klaxosaurs. And then aliens. But, like, everything in between was a total mystery until the day before. And they never... They just started doing things which almost felt, like, low and manipulative. Like, oh, well, we never gave these characters any personality. So I don't know how you were ever supposed to be invested in, like, the Ichigo Zero Two Hero Triangle or Chevron. (laughs) And you're just... That happens, and it, it really just looked, like, aggressive on Ichigo's part. I'm not shocked all the fans were like, yeah, no, you're the worst character ever. So they had to, re, you know, rewind that. They were like, quick, retcon that nonsense. And then Kokoro getting pregnant just... I mean, they were hinting at it the whole show, don't get me wrong, that, like, she was she was ready to be team mom, literally and figuratively. But 
once it happened, it just felt so horribly manipulative. Like, and then we wiped this character's memory and she's like precious Ojo-sama the rest of the show. And all the other kids are just sitting around like, wow, their memories are wiped. Kokoro's not feeling so good. Precious Ojo-sama. And it's like, okay, well, I guess now you can't kill her off. And I, as a viewer, would feel awful if you did because she's pregnant. <laughs> so, like, that felt stupid and like you were trying to manipulate my emotions so thanks the the show is like a really really awful on every single level you looked at yeah like characters telling a consistent story like an idea of the overall plot i don't know everything everything was bad yeah um, I, I do still think Trigger is a talented studio. I don't know if like A1 Pictures just got in the way or I, I don't mean, even A1 know Pictures what is happened. talented too. I don't know what happened with these guys. Yeah, I don't like, know what happened. This, this culmination did not work out well. Uh, this was also Trigger's first time trying to make a full core show, like all 24 well, episode show. Maybe that was so something. That might be something they're just not capable of currently or the two studios didn't align on what the plot was in advance um yeah but this this show is terrible like seriously don't watch this show although i know like so many people like it though so i know that's killing me a little bit i mean opinions are so maybe trigger's gonna be like well i guess we could make more of this everyone loves it and then you and i'll just be like Oh. Oh, no. Oh. Well, I I almost wonder if they're backing out cuz the next show they're doing is a reboot of uh SSS Gridman, which I believe was like Cyber Squad or something from like the 80s. Oh. <laughs> uh so it it looks like Trigger maybe backing out into something that's a little... adapt someone else's work and don't have yeah. to really writing so much. Exactly. Just make it look good cuz boy they know how to make stuff look good. Yeah, so it, it does feel like they backed out and we're just like, maybe let's not touch this kind of thing again. But you know what? Like, attention other studios, take note. If your name is Clamp, maybe take a page from these guys and take a break. Yeah. yeah refresh just, just refresh the creative juices for a bit and work on something else, then come back. We'll yeah. be waiting for you, Trigger. We want, we're pulling for you. Yeah, we are. Because like Scott said, everything looks good and... Usually they really deliver on that character development. This was uh, this was bad. A disappointment, yeah. So avoid this at all costs, seriously. Don't let your friends trick you into watching the show. It's really bad. <laughs> <laughs> and if they tell you that Zero Two is the girl of the year, you know they only watched up to like Ep 10. So you got this on lock. Yeah. No worries. You're ready. You're ready, everyone. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening and tune in next time. This is a podcast by the con artists. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to us on iTunes or your Android podcast app of choice. For more anime and game related content, please visit us online at theconartistsblog.com. Thanks for listening.